Hello, curiosity seekers and adventurous thinkers. Welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's chief curiosity seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's chief experience producer and favorite sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, curiosity. Each week, fun informal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite, designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think. A couple of years ago during the holiday season, I was visiting Michael's because I'm such a crafty gal, and I saw the table surrounded by all the Christmas stuff of Hanukkah ephemera. And one of the things was this rabbi who had you squoze his hand (laughs) and he said things like, Oi, vey, I'm so exhausted. And little... I I have one. You have one? (laughs) You know what I'm talking? I know exactly what you're talking about. He has a jam box? He's called the rockin' rabbi. (laughs) Oh, my God, which I thought was funny because I'm not even... I don't even recall if it had any particular Hanukkah sayings, but it was just a rabbi. And I recorded a little video because it was such a lame New York accent. And I thought it was such a funny thing. And I posted it on Facebook. And all of my Jewish friends were, oh, that's so funny. Or where did you see that? And ha ha ha. But many of my non-Jewish friends, and not one or two, but many, and maybe triggered by the first few posts, responded in a way that showed that they took extreme offense on my behalf and suggested that this rabbi was anti-Semitic. This, this <laughs> the rabbi, not the rabbi that. himself. No, but the my, that Michael's and the product was an anti-Semitic product. And I have to tell you, prior to seeing those posts where these friends were offended on my behalf because these were not Jewish people who posted this or responded, it never occurred to me to be offended. It just never occurred to me. But once they did say that, I had to kind of take a step back and say, hmm. Was I wrong not to be offended? I thought it was hilarious and lame because it didn't sound very New York-y, but I had, it never had, had occurred to me to be offended. And I'm sure that it hadn't occurred to several other people that posted or responded with comments that it was hilarious. And where did you get it? And oh my God, I have to get one. Clearly you ran out <laughs> and got yourself one of those rockin' rabbis. I too frequent Michaels. <laughs> well, you're more crafty, so I would expect that. I mean, the <laughs> fact that I was at Michaels should have been the most astonishing thing. And <laughs> exactly. People should have been offended on my behalf for just <laughs> going there with, the la- with my lack of skill. Absolutely. But this leads to the curiosity bite. What does it mean to be offended on behalf of someone else? Yeah, what does it mean to be offended on behalf of someone else? What does it mean? We've become more offended on behalf of other people. I think about comedians, that people are offended by what comedians say. I think about on social media when people say you can't do this because it's cultural appropriation. I saw several posts having just celebrated Halloween. I saw... You thought there was going to be a big explosion. And one thing that it was just a bunch of different kinds of characters, people in different costumes. And then it would say, this is a culture, not a costume. So there was like one in maybe a quinceanera getup. There was one 
in, I don't know if there was like a Native American, I think. With- I had a friend who was in a uh, Dilos de la Morta. Oh, that was one of costume. them too. That was one of them too. That was a big one that you can be this kind of skeleton, like the traditional Halloween skeleton, but not the Day of the Dead skeleton because that's cultural appropriation. But here's the thing that it brought me back to. A few years ago, when I was writing that column in plain sight and preparing for my book, we're writing my book, Living Curiously, I interviewed a bunch of different people, including a witch. And she was very big in the witch community. People say, oh, no, it's Wicca, Wiccan. She, this is what she called herself. I'm using her terminology. She had her coven. She was kind of one of the leaders. And she invited me to a Samhain ritual, which is where Halloween has come from. Gaelic. How fun. And it was fascinating. And this is a ritual where they celebrate the fact that the veil between the worlds, the living and the dead, is the thinnest. But she was very clear that she is offended by the whole celebration of Halloween because this is her culture. And it really, whether you're dressing as a fireman or you're dressing as a skeleton and what kind of skeleton or whatever, or dressing as a witch in this particular mm-hmm. case is cultural appropriation for her. So these people posting, and these are people who were offended on behalf of other people, she would argue that you shouldn't be dressing up at all for this particular holiday, and particularly if you're dressing as a witch with a warty old nose, and that is also culturally (laughs) appropriating and also being insensitive to the fact that many people were killed and hung and murdered during the Salem witch trials. Wow. So Never even thought of it that way. Right. When you think about being offended on behalf of someone else, you have to think of empathy and sympathy. Mm. Let me see if you had been offended by that rock and rabbi. You're Jewish. You oh, were... Wait, empathy is putting yourself in someone's shoes, looking through their eyes. Sympathy is sharing feelings. Feelings. So, Got it. yeah, yeah right. I always have to do that. Sympathy is sharing feelings, and empathy is understanding. But oh, okay. You don't That's have good. to share feelings. If you are offended, on behalf of me, you're a man, you're offended on behalf of me, someone said something misogynistic, mm-hmm. or you're Christian and someone said something anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. But I am not offended. And you're being offended on behalf of me. It's not empathetic because no. you don't understand my feelings. And my feelings are I am not offended. Because if I was putting myself in your shoes, then I would understand that you're not offended. So you can't be empathetic if you have two different feelings. Now, sympathy. You couldn't be sympathetic either because then you wouldn't be sharing the same feeling. So what are you doing? You could be sympathetic if you were offended on behalf of someone who is also offended. Right, but not if you were not offended, which you were not about the rock and rabbi. And for the record, neither was I. The question is, should I have been? Yeah. I would also argue that there is a difference between offense and harm. Yeah. So this is really tricky and potentially a slippery slope because if the perpetuation of that rock and and rabbi led people to believe that Jews were a certain way and that led them to harm Jews, maybe physical harm or alienating from a job, you really have to ask yourself, have I been harmed by what happened or could that person be harmed by what happened? So A punch in the face that bruises and breaks my nose is harm. Mm -hmm. If you destroy my reputation and that prevents me from finding a good job, that's That's harm. harm. If you arrest me on false charges, that's harm. Yeah. But if my feelings are hurt without any physical contact at all, that's not necessarily harm. If I was if I came up to you in private and said to you, Jennifer, you really need to work harder on these 
podcast episodes. You might take offense. Yeah. But it's not harmful. No. Now, the question is... It hurts my feelers. Right. Exactly. But it doesn't necessarily make me lose a job because you can't really fire me. There's no harm. (laughs) Or or you'll kill me. Yeah. Well, there's no harm. Even if I could fire you, the fact that I told you that you need to work harder, you could take offense or you could actually take a look inside and say, oh, maybe I need to work harder. How can I improve? How can I work harder? Right. Being falsely accused by someone who has no legal power with no repercussions, is offensive. I mean, if you falsely accuse me of something, but if nothing can happen... Like stealing... Well, it's not a false accusation, but you did steal Bushelkrusher. The word Bushelkrusher I made up when I was young. You did not. steal it every time. You can take offense to the fact that you made up this word or you think you made up this word, and I can call you delusional, but that just is offensive to you. It it doesn't cause harm. What if it did? What if I went out and started sullying your reputation by making everyone believe that you were delusional and you didn't get invited to some parties as a result? Oh, that's why I don't get invited to parties. Back to parties. I knew it. (laughs) God, I knew it was your fault. Okay, so if someone heard me disparaging you behind your back and you didn't know it and that person was offended on your behalf, should they be offended on your behalf? And is it important for you to understand why they're offended so that you could be offended too, so that they could have empathy? In other words, if I am someone who celebrates Day of the Dead and I love that people are dressing up and doing all of these really cool examples of the paint and the costumery that is part of my culture and someone else for whom this is not their culture suggests that they are offended on my behalf, but I'm not offended. But another person is offended for whom this is their culture. Should I be offended? I think it goes back to what you were talking. Yeah, I think well, it kind of goes back to and I want to go back to just the harm. I think The problem is that people feel like you were saying when you heard people saying that the rock and rabbi was bad, you were like, should I be offended? And I think that people now feel a responsibility to speak out for other people. And I think even Americans, sometimes we think that we have to save the world and and speak out because if you don't speak out, then bad things can happen. Like that saying by Martin Niemöller, he was a minister. And he wrote during World War II, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came out for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Well, this is back to the harm. This was very specific. This wasn't they came for as someone saying something nasty about you or even using your culture in a fun celebratory way when they had no right to it. This very specifically that they came for was the Nazis. And that is equivocal. That's not, well, it could also mean they there was real harm in ignoring. This wasn't just I was offended because someone said something about socialists. It was Nazis came for socialists. Then they came for trade unionists. Then they came for Jews. I think people use this saying as a way to celebrate, rightly so, and maybe potentially wrongly so, social justice. But you need to be clear about the context. Let me ask you this. Should you be offended on behalf of someone else if the offense was intentional? For example, someone dressed as a Native American or an Indian, and they were intentionally making fun of degrading, but you're not Native American, but you have a really, really good friend who is Native American. And that Native American did not see, hear, 
anything of this. But the intent of this person in costume was negative. It was definitely degrading. And you were offended on behalf because you knew the intent. Yeah. I mean, I would have a feeling in my gut. I would feel probably a visceral response to somebody putting down Native Americans or somebody wearing blackface or things like that. Because, like you said, I feel that it causes harm. Okay, but what if the person with blackface had no negative intent? They were just the last one to realize that blackface has a really, really negative history. Like when I dressed up like Grace Jones. Correct. And you were honoring. But now that you are aware of and probably should have been then, but sorry, you know, aware of (laughs) the history of blackface, you would never do that again. Right. But the history of dressing up as Day of the Dead, we might go back and find that there is a really negative history of celebrating that culture in a negative way. But not that I know of. But I'm unaware of a history of celebrating that culture in a way that's analogous to dressing in blackface, the minstrel shows and whatever. So, right. or even dressing in a quinceanera outfit or even dressing as a rabbi. Like right. if someone dressed as a Hasidic Jew. I know people that have been offended by that. You mean they were Hasidic Jews? Yes. And I could see if you are truly offended. Now, one could say sometimes it's a choice and sometimes it's not. And to say that it never is is disingenuous because I had to stop and think with the rock and rabbi, should I be offended? Mm-hmm. I tried to understand how people would see that as offensive. And I could because I wanted to empathize with the non-Jews who found it offensive. Right. They, I, well, and you're asking yourself, is this something that I should stand up for? I don't have offendinitis. That's a skin condition whereby the thickness of our skin melts away to the point where everything offends us. Guess what the symptoms are? I don't know. Hurt feelings. Oh, well. (laughs) Indignation, irritability, disappointment. None of this is itis. Grumpiness. Oh, God. It's an inflammation of your offended organ. Itis. The, the offended organ? Yes. And they have actually, and what, what, what is really interesting is there have been a lot of psychosocial studies about people who feel offended or more, or more easily offended. And there's about 20% of the population, according to these studies, where the population, and they call it genetically predisposed. I would argue that you can't really call it genetic predisposition, but whatever. That, but they're yeah. predisposed to empathy. That means they're highly sensitive and respond intently to both negative and positive stimuli. And their emotional reactions are such that things are a bigger deal to them than, than the rest. You're saying that that's genetic? This is, I'm not saying it. I, this one particular study out of Stony Brook University is the what is the study that cited that 20% of the population is more sensitive and they're calling it empathetic, which I actually think is a mischaracterization of empathy. Because Agreed. if you are sensitive on my behalf, but I'm not, not sensitive, then you're not understanding yeah. why I'm not sensitive. Right. On the flip side, there was another study out of NYU that found that people who think the world is fine and dandy tend to have a diminished sense of moral outrage. These are people who want to feel better about the status quo and they adopt beliefs to justify. Like, oh, that's never been a problem before. We always dressed in blackface and that's never been a problem and we never took offense. We didn't mean it negatively. And they don't look at the history and how people might become offended. And frankly, what we've become offended to changes over time. I mean, clearly there have been things and atrocities where we were not offended and now we look back and we're just mortified (laughs) sometimes by our own neglect, our own behavior. Yeah. But being offended on behalf of someone else is a really tricky thing. Let's say that you met someone who was grew up in the Mexican culture for whom the Day of the Dead was a very sacred ceremony. And we've both been to ceremonies. Yeah, I've been to a De Los Muerta event in Puerto Vallarta. It was awesome. The day after Halloween, 
is the second day of De Las Del Morta, and it's celebrating the children that have passed. Oh, that's day two? Yeah. And I, I just think it's a beautiful ceremony. Okay. Let's say that you were offended that people dressed up to celebrate the Day of the Dead. Okay. And you were offended on behalf of a very good friend for whom that was their culture. And they explained to you why Why? you should be offended. Okay. So you were offended. And you found out that I dressed up as the Day of the Dead skeleton. Mm -hmm. Beautiful makeup, the whole nine. Right. And you told me that I should not have done that, that that was cultural appropriation in a really bad way. And I said, no, it's cultural appreciation. But I said, my friend who celebrates that finds it offensive. So I am telling you that you should not do it. Right. Okay. And I have a very dear friend myself who celebrated that culture, and she is the one that put the makeup on me. Right. Now I am going to say, all right, do I value your being offended on behalf of someone legitimate who is legitimately offended? And I'm a trusted. You're a trusted source. You're not making it up. And I know that you're not ridiculously offended about every little thing. So I would value what you tell me. Right. But I have someone for whom this culture was extremely important and helped me celebrate it and loved it and took pictures and posted. I felt honored that you did. Yeah. What would you do? How would I decide whether I should be offended on behalf of this culture or not? I think it might be just what benefits you in the long run. I mean, if you wanted to dress up like that because it's so beautiful, you want to be a beautiful Halloween celebrator instead of uh, what we usually do, which is ugly Halloween celebrators. Yeah, we, we, we never... <laughs> I never culturally appropriated sexiness for Halloween. No. We were always like the ugly nerd. Yeah. Or the fat, although when I was Fat Albert, one could say that I culturally <laughs> you... appropriated fat. Absolutely. Yeah. I culturally appropriated fat. You did. We borrowed dad's six X size shirts and away <laughs> stuffed pillows in there and call it done. And I am offended on his behalf. I have some really great examples of people being offended by proxy. Oh, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> is this your list? Probably, this is my list. You've probably heard some of these. They're kind of fun. Madonna was having a concert and she pulled the 17-year-old girl, Josephine Georgiou. Do you remember that? Sounds familiar. She pulled her up in front of the audience and millions of people were watching and she pulled her top down and revealed her left breast. So online, people were just tearing Madonna apart, saying she crossed the line, she went too far. Even some people said the girl should sue for sexual harassment. Should the girl decide to sue for sexual harassment because she should be offended? Was the girl offended? Not one bit. It even seemed to indicate that there this was planned. And the girl wrote this big thing on social media that said, only I get to decide if I'm humiliated or not, not any of you. And so the people that were offended on her behalf, that reminds me a lot of when people read about someone's marriage. And I thought a lot about this during Hillary Clinton's Stand By Your Man with when Bill cheated on Hillary. Stand by your man. I knew I could set you up. (laughs) Give him two arms to cling to. (laughs) What about Hillary? (laughs) I digress. People were offended that Hillary stood by Bill. They were offended on her behalf. But you hear this a lot about different marriages where the woman or the man stands by their spouse when they cheat and we judge. Well, after I interviewed the fledgling madam and she shared with me about the whole open marriage community, I realized 
you are not being empathetic if you are judging and offended on behalf of someone else for whom you don't even understand what agreement they have in their marriage. Mm -hmm. So, for example, that woman, that 17-year-old girl, I guess, probably had a deal with Madonna and they worked it out. And, And if they did, you're just falling into the easily offended trap. And that's neither sympathetic nor empathetic. There was a a comedian who went into a bar in Hollywood and there was a woman on the dance floor getting kind of sexy and dancing crazy. And he went up to her and he said, whatever it is you're looking for, you don't need it. And everyone just got on this again, the social medias and raked this guy through the coals and said that he was being rude and condescending Uh, maybe even misogynistic because he said this to this woman yeah she was like dancing all sexy did she care turns out the woman was olivia wilde and the man was jason sudeikis sudeikis i don't know that's her husband that is her husband they met there fell in love she got married and had several children she liked that pickup line yeah so everyone else was all indignant and she was obviously Turned on by it and totally fine. I so, just thought it was a cute pickup line. Or maybe just a cute pickup line, yeah. Uh, another one was the Miss America was at a high school at an assembly, probably talking about her platform of reading or world peace. And an 18-year-old kid stood up and asked Mrs. Miss America to the prom. That's cute. Apparently, he was suspended for several days and was totally criticized for causing offense to Miss America. I know why. Why? Because you don't just ask someone to the prom anymore. You have to do a promposal. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Is that why? Because he didn't do a promposal? (laughs) Well, he, I mean, he was actually suspended. No, but why? I I honestly do not understand why people took offense. Why? why They criticized him. They, they... Because she was fancy and deserved a better a, a better proposal? I, I guess so. You have to be offended by bad proposals, I guess. Was she offended? She was not. She put out a statement that said, I was flattered by the gesture, although I'm unfortunately unable to attend the prom due to my travel schedule. But then she learned that there was all this disciplinary action taken against this young kid. And she wrote to the school she wrote to the department and said please reconsider your decision and what happened did they dum 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 by then by then i lost interest <laughs> by then I lost- squirrel <laughs> <laughs> another one is people took offense on behalf of african americans and people of african descent when Lily Allen tweeted, I hate it when black cab drivers spend the entire journey on the phone. I wanted to chat. Why does she specifically care when black cab drivers do it and not any driver? I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> want any cab driver to be on the phone. There were tweets of the yin yang, uh, their indignation of her seemingly racist comments. I think she was referring to the color of the car. She was talking about black cab, like yellow cab, but she was talking about black cab drivers. Capital B. Yes. Black cab drivers versus yes. Uber drivers versus yellow cab drivers yes. versus. Yes. And so. And all these people were just up in arms because she was racist, but she was talking about the company black cab. But you know what? Maybe they should change the name. Or maybe she should be better with her grammar because it would be capitalized black cab Versus yeah, she probably case. didn't. Or she started the black cap with the, the started the sentence with a capital B. I think the problem is nobody uses capitalizations anymore. I always have to correct Ginger on that. 
She just writes everything lower. I don't think or that you could use what case. Ginger does as a, as a, as a <laughs> barometer a for a litmus test for what everyone does. That is true. Another one about Ellen DeGeneres got in trouble because she tweeted a picture of Olympic runner Usain Bolt with her on his back saying, this is how I'm running my errands from now on. He's so fast that she could get her errands done. But people were outraged because they were saying that she was racist, saying that what she meant was, oh, let me jump onto his back like he is a common mule. (laughs) Hardly common. If a mule was that fast. (laughs) Can you believe that? I can believe it because I think that if you intend to be offended then you can find a reason to you can find a reason to now that is not to say that's not diminishing real real offense harm i guess we're going back to harm but i mean it isn't even diminishing the fact that some people are more easily offended than others and it could have to do with their moral foundations now some people for example some people will be offended by the degradation of a flag right and they are offended on behalf of the country of america because someone the sanctity of the flag and to me i just can't take offense to that i don't feel offense on behalf of america america the country when someone denigrates the flag. Maybe I should, but I can't. Now, if I had to be convinced in some way that I needed to be offended on behalf of America, America, the country, (laughs) I probably could find a reason to do that. Some people are offended by disgust that that's you neuro no no not entirely Mm. but the neuropsychology of disgust is very interesting because there's certain kinds of psychophysiological triggers neurophysiological triggers where disgust and offense are related if you are disgusted for example by let's just say there's a homeless person and there's like vomit or something really repulsive we would all be disgusted by that because it has a biological component mm-hmm. there are common elements that are core disgust across all populations and one of them is a biological element so if there was vomit then you might also be offended by someone sleeping on the street whereas other someone else could feel compassion mm-hmm. and you could feel offended because there was the presence of a biological component of disgust. So sometimes we can't control whether we're feeling offended because of our moral foundations our and our makeup. Mm-hmm. And there are clearly some people who are more easily offended than others. I would argue, however, that when you are offended on someone else's behalf, it is not fair to call that empathy, as we've talked about. And that's where you can become a little derailed. It's important because if you don't understand why someone else doesn't feel the same way, then you're not empathetic. A couple of years ago, (laughs) we had a Mexican fiesta for one of our events and I bought mustaches. Oh, yeah. That I think that's now considered inappropriate. I got in trouble for that. One. You did? Because I gave everybody these fabulous mustaches and we wore sombreros and mustaches. And apparently I got in big trouble for them. Not for the sombrero, but for the mustache. Oh, sombreros. I've heard things. Can't, you could. Yeah. But it was the mustache. <laughs> when you think about it, blasphemy laws are probably the biggest example of being offended on behalf of someone else. Mm. Being offended on behalf of God. If someone is saying something negative about God. Yep. Then you and you feel that that's a horrible thing. Yep. Blasphemy laws are being offended on behalf of someone else. I think it's really easy to be offended on behalf of someone else when they're a loved one. Like I can criticize my husband, but 
God forbid someone else criticizes my and, husband. And I can I can criticize your husband. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. So just the two of us. And I can criticize yours. Oh, my God. And you do. <laughs> and I do, but mostly to his and face. And rightly so. And mostly to his face, because I love him He's so. going to get mad. He always gets mad whenever we talk bad about him. But we didn't talk bad about him. We talked bad about us being I critical I said rightly so. Oh, rightly so. <laughs> Beep. Oops. If someone else said the same thing about Sonny. Oh, I beat them. Or about Stephen. I would oh. I would take offense. Yeah, me too. And I think that when we take offense on behalf of someone that is our family member, it's very different. I think when you take offense on behalf of an entire culture, that's a slippery slope because not no one person represents that culture. And it's very easy when you know three Jews who all agree, which is virtually impossible to know three Jews who all <laughs> yeah, agree. But exactly. let's say you know three Jews who all agree and you're not Jewish. Then those three Jews can stand in for everything I should think about being Jewish and what you should take offense to with regard to Judaism. It's like the mama jokes, right? Wait, what is Your that? mama jokes. That's the worst thing you could do is tell your mama jokes. Yeah, but you and I could tell our mama jokes. But yeah. God forbid anyone else criticizes with the same criticism. Don't you dare talk about mom And they would way. agree with us. Excuse me, you're not to agree with <laughs> what I just said. That's yeah. my criticism. Yeah. What's your sort of fact? I am so ready. Are you ready for the sort of fact? Wait, wait. I'm ready now. Are you ready oh, for the sort of fact? This is... <laughs> wait, wait. The question is, are you ready no, for the sort of fact? No, that's why I keep asking. <laughs> this is from Afghanistan University. A-U. Kabul campus. K-U. <laughs> K- A-K-U. This is a study that found that 53 out of 72 people surveyed found that being <laughs> offended on behalf of someone else gave them superiority complex over people who did not find the need or ability to be offended on behalf of those same people. 76% of the people who were offended on behalf of the Taliban found that they were more accurate in identifying <laughs> what constitutes a superior beard. Thanks for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. Two, in order to avoid missing curiosity-bitten conversations, Subscribe to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally, for all things Applied Curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to AppliedCuriosityLab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity.